<clears throat> Ephesians chapter 2, we're still in verses 1 through 3. So if you would please open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. <clears throat> we'll read the first three verses. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversations in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Father, we ask, Lord, tonight that you would open our understanding to your word and speak to our hearts. Lord, you know what it is that we need to hear from heaven. You know, Father, what each individual heart needs. Father, you know what we need to hear as a church. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would speak to us. Father, that the words that are spoken tonight would not be mine, but, Father, they would be your words. As for wisdom and for discernment, I pray all this in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to ask my wife to go back to the piano because we've got to sing this other song. <clears throat> Giving her a little exercise. <laughs> Not that she needs it, of course, but uh, <laughs> when I heard her grunt over there, I knew I forgot something. <laughs> Isn't it good to have a wife that reminds you of a lot of things? Sometimes she has to remind me to breathe. <laughs> This is one we went over last week. It's just called All Hail King Jesus. And, you know, these are little, little, little tunes that we can learn and um, sing when you're by yourself or whatever. Um, I do a lot of that when I'm by myself, whether it's in my mind or wherever I'm at. I try to do these little things because I think it's important that we praise Jesus as we should. So you can stay seated as we sing this. <clears throat> we'll sing through it two times. <clears throat> All hail King Jesus, all hail Emmanuel, King of kings, Lord of lords, bright morning star. And throughout eternity, I'll sing His praises. And I'll reign with him throughout eternity. All hail King Jesus, all hail Emmanuel, King of kings, Lord of lords, bright morning star. And throughout eternity, I'll sing His praises. And I'll reign with Him throughout eternity. Isn't that a good little course? All hail King Jesus. You know, one of these days... Those who refuse to hail him as king will, will do it, whether they like it or not. It says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that day's coming. 
it's coming. It's not too far away. I don't believe so. I believe in my heart that it's close. So, <clears throat> so tonight we're going to go back into the book of Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm going to begin in verse 2 tonight. We've already been through, uh, through verse 1, and I want to pick it up there in verse 2. Walking with the world and the devil is what I would title this tonight. But it says clearly in verse 2, Wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. The prince of the power of the air is quite clear that that's, that's Satan. That's Lucifer. That's the devil. And, uh, you know, he is the prince and the power of the air. And uh, we're going to, you know, before we got saved, that's how we walked. We walked according to the course of this world. We let the, the, the dictates of this world decide for us what we were going to do, how we were going to think. The things that we decided to, to make our life out of, we, we based that on the course of the world. And which way the world went before we were saved, that's the way we always had a tendency to go because we had that old sin nature. And that sin nature is something we're born with. That's the natural nature of mankind. And it wasn't that way in the beginning, as we all know. That happened with Adam, and that's where it all began. But before salvation, anybody, before they're saved, before a person becomes born again, they walk in the conformity, um, the conformity with the customs and manners of the world at large. In other words... Whatever's happening in the world, that's how they live. You know, it's just like the people that I work with. It's a lot of drinking. They talk a lot about drinking, and they talk a lot about things that I don't like to talk about. As a matter of fact, this last week, we had a, an online meeting. We have, we have, I have two, three, four, four meetings a week, I think, that I'm on, and it's, it's on the Internet. We have these meetings. And there's no such thing as a face-to-face -face meeting anymore. Like Brother Bob talked about there with COVID, it's just it's changed our world. And a lot of churches don't have churches anymore. They don't have church anymore. They would prefer that your people stay home and watch it on Facebook or watch it on the Internet. And I'm all, all about that for people who can't get out. But like Brother Bob said, it's a crutch. It's a crutch to the Christian. It's a crutch to everybody. Uh, even businesses, a lot of businesses don't bring people to work no more in offices. They've shut their offices down and they decided that it's better that everybody stays at home and works. Because that's what the devil wants. He don't want God's people coming together. He, he wants to stop that. And, and that's the way the world is headed. And, and that's a big concern that I have, you know. And that's the last thing I want to see our church become, just an online church. You know, that's not a good thing. I think God's people need to be, be together and they've got a fellowship. God understands. I understand. We all understand when the weather's bad, it's cold out. Uh, a lot of our people are, you know, we have a lot of senior citizens in our church. And, and they, don't, they don't need to be out on these roads. And I'll be the first to admit that. So, and that's okay if they're not able to make it here. But I do hope and pray they're watching it when they can. Because that's one good thing about Facebook and uh, having uh, live streaming services that uh, others can see it and they can watch it. But before a person gets saved, they live according to this world. And they do not understand. Their mind does not comprehend or think the way that we think or the way that we believe. And the reason for that is because they follow after the devil, the prince of the power of the air. The moral condition of those that are still in the world is described more fully in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 17 through 19. I'll read that to you. It says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. Their minds are filled with vanity. It's filled with sin. And in verse 18, it says, Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because they don't know. They don't know God. And honestly, before they know God, they don't even want to know God because they love their lifestyle. It says, Because of the blindness of their heart. Their hearts are blinded. 
by the evil one, by Lucifer, by Satan, by the devil, whatever it is you want to call him, who being past feeling, these people, they don't have feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness, which simply means they're absent of restraint. In other words, they can't restrain themselves. They have no self-control whatsoever, uh, and it means indecency as well. And I'll tell you, this world is full of indecency. And I hate to say it, but it's even hit some of our churches. I know my wife, we've attended a few churches, and, and uh, as a, a, a gentleman, I've got to turn my head sometimes. And it's a sad thing that a man has to turn his head in the house of God to, to keep himself from looking at something that his, the, the, the nature that God that doesn't come from God, but comes from the devil himself, it, it, just, it's, it just destroys our churches. And it upsets me um, tremendously. But, and it goes on, it says, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Do we not live in a greedy society? It's all about money. It's all about how much I can get. Keeping up with the Joneses, as they say. Trying, trying to build a life based on what's going on in our world rather than building a life on eternity, on things that are eternal, the things that matter the most. The things of this world don't mean that much. You can't take any of it with you anyway. I mean, I don't care how much money we got. I don't care what kind of property or home we have. No, no matter what kind of vehicle you drive, you're not driving that car to heaven. It's going to stay behind. <laughs> Nothing you have right now in your home, in your life, you're not taking any of it with you. This building is not going to go with us. We, I believe in my heart we have one of the most beautiful buildings that, that, that a lot of churches have. Granted, there's a lot of work still needs done. And, and Brother Dave, he's getting there. There's a lot of, he, he just redid this bathroom back here. And I thank him for that. If you can hear me, Brother Dave, thank you for that. Uh, because we had a water leak. And that's the thing. These things are temporal. They're not going to last forever. But I'm telling you, uh, in heaven, nothing, nothing will, will decay. Down here, people decay. When we get to heaven, there's no decaying in people either. But, but, but this is a condition, and we, we need to remember what our condition was before we got saved. And, and those of us who got saved when we were extremely young, I was seven years old. And I was born and I was raised. I pretty much, I wasn't born in a Christian home, but I was raised in that. And by being raised in a Christian home... I didn't get a lot into the things of this world, but I know what's out there. I went to a public school system, and I know what it was like then, but I'm telling you, it's nothing. It's nothing like it was then because it wasn't that bad then. I still remember standing and saluting the flag. I remember the, the, the teacher saying a prayer when I was in, in the younger grades, but as I got into the older grades, that all stopped, and it's a shame. It's a shame because a lot of our kids, they love school. They really do. Ella, God bless her tonight. As soon as I walked in the door, she hit me. They canceled school tomorrow. And she was upset. That little girl, she loves to go to school. And, and, you know, I just pray to God that as she gets older, that something will change. And that these children will be taught the right kind of a thing. You know, I, I heard a guy talking the other day. He, said, he was talking about um, these drag queens that they're sending into the kindergarten classes. Uh, the, these men dressed up like women. And I'm thinking to myself, dear God, what's happening What's happening to our world? I mean, we know in our hearts what's going on. And, and you know, it's, go, it's going to hit around here whether we like it or not. It's going to hit Ohio. It's going to hit West Virginia. And, you know, uh, a lot of people don't want to accept that. They think, well, you know, we got Christian teachers out there still in our schools. They can't change that. I'm sorry. I don't think they can. One, person's, one person can make a huge difference. But uh, I, I myself would not want to go up against the devil by myself. Wouldn't do it. I can't defeat him. 
Michael the archangel couldn't defeat him back in the book of Jude. And it's only going to get worse as time, time goes on. Uh, but uh, these people, when the, before they get saved, before we got saved, we were alienated from the life of God. We didn't want nothing to do with it. And even today in today's world, people don't want anything to do with God. Uh, especially when they look at the life of some of the Christians who say that when people look at us, they say, you're no different than me. And we've got to be different, folks. That's why we, so the Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. We have to be different than the world. We have to show them that there's something about our life that they need to have. And they want to have that. And th that's the only way that people are going to come to, to Christ. Because these people are alienated from the life of God. Uh, they walk in the futility of their minds. Uh, their minds are just focused on one thing. What's in it for me? What's in it for me? What can I get out of this life? But pe they don't realize that after this life, and they're going to die. We're all going to die. But they're, they're walking about with, with minds that are not focused on godly things. Uh, they have their understanding darkened, and it's all darkened by the devil, folks. He is on his last leg. He really is. And he knows that. And because of that, he's going to fight much, much harder. And, and I'll tell you, you know, he's, he's going to fight every one of us. Don't think for one minute that the devil's just going to fight the preacher because the preacher, the preacher can't defeat him by himself. But when we come together as God's people and our hearts are right with God and we leave him outside the door of our churches and we pray him outside the door of our churches, I think we've got to bathe our, our church in prayer as much as we possibly can. I, I think we have to, to build a, a wall, a hedge about our church and our church family as much as we possibly can to keep him away from our people uh, because they're out in the world, folks, especially our young people and our teens and, and the little children that was here this morning. I was so impressed with the amount of kids we had here on such a cold day. I thought, well, praise God. Praise God. You know, and, and we just need to make sure that them children, I hate to say it, we have to shelter them. We have to pray a hedge about them that, that they will not walk in the futility of the minds that are out there in this world and that, they will, that their understanding would be open to the Word of God when their teachers are teaching it. And, and that's one thing we've got to make sure of, that when we're teaching these children, um, that they're, they're going through something that is going to make a difference in their life and is going to make Jesus known even more and more to them that they'll know Him, the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of the suffering of Jesus Christ. And then, uh, walking in the world with the world and the devil, according to the course of this world, they're past feeling. They have no feelings whatsoever. They don't care. People just do not care. They have no feelings whatsoever anymore. And, and that's a shame because they don't, they don't care what happens to anybody. They give them, they've given themselves over to the, over the lasciviousness, which I told you a minute ago what that was, that they're blinded by the things of this world, uh, that, that lasciviousness, they're absent from restraint. And I honestly believe in the bottom of my heart, if you go through and you read the book of Romans chapter 1 and you study it hard, you'll find, and I believe this with all my heart, that America is under the judgment of God. Because the people of this world have been turned over to a reprobate mind. And that reprobate mind simply means that, that, that they don't know right from wrong. Whatever the Bible says is wrong, the world says it's right. And whatever the Bible says is right, the world says it's wrong. And we are in that day and age, and I never thought I'd see it in my time, to be honest about it, when I was growing up. I never thought we'd see the things we see going on in the world today. That people are so caught up in the lasciviousness of their own mind that they're absent from any kind of restraint. Everything goes. Everything goes. And there was a saying years ago, I remember, if it feels good, baby, do it. I think it was a song or something. That's wrong, folks. Just because something feels good doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. 
And we as God's people have got to live up to that. And we've got to look in the mirror every single day. And when we look in the mirror, and that mirror, what I'm talking about is looking into the Word of God. Compare yourself to God's Word. And as Brother, Brother Joe said this morning, and I heard him say it before in his Sunday school class, you know, if you want to compare yourself to somebody, compare yourself to Jesus. Compare your, we, don't, we don't stand at all uh, up to nothing when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. My life is nothing like His. And, and, and that's why we've got to love Him with all of our heart, mind, and soul. Uh, they work all uncleanness with greediness. They are greedy. This world is greedy of any kind of gain that they can possibly get. Uh, and, it, and it's all filthy. I mean, you can't even, I mean, we don't watch TV. We watch a few things um, that we pick out on YouTube. Uh, and the good thing about that is we can mute commercials or we can fast forward to commercials and get out of that stuff. But you know what? We've got to guard the minds of our children because it's right now, anything goes. We live in a world where our kids are, they're, they're, they're seduced by the things of this world. And they, they're finding that pleasure is more important than spiritual matters. And, and we're, in, we're in a bad way. We really are. And I worry about my grandkids. we got six grandchildren. Every, all, every, all of them, all six of them, go to a public school system. And it worries me to death. It sickens my heart every single day when I think about those, our, our four-year-old granddaughters who soon be five. But, and I think about you know, the things that they're being taught in preschool. And, and to me, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard of, a four-year-old child going to school. It don't make sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And that's just part of the government, I believe. They're going to, they own the children. As a matter of fact, in most states, when a child goes to school, they, they refer to those children as children of the state. These are the children of the state. In other words, when your kids are in school, they own your children. They own those children. And that's a sad thing. When they think they own the children, they can tell the parents how to raise those children. And that's just wrong. They have no right to tell a, a parent how to raise that child. When we're trying to teach them the right things, uh, it's, it's tough because we only have them, what, an hour, two, a week? And the school has them all day, every day, and it's sad. Well, in keeping such company before salvation, it's easy to understand why they are spiritually dead. So before someone comes to know Christ, they're dead when it comes to their response, to their uh, their. their um, their walk with God. They don't understand God. They don't know God. And until we take the gospel to them and they accept God, they're considered spiritually dead. And that's what, that's what um, Paul was saying here in his letter to the Ephesians. He says, in it, wherein in times past you walked according to the, to, to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Spiritually disobedient people. And we live in a day and age when this world is a mess. There, there's, no, there's no thought whatsoever for God. None whatsoever. Uh, it's just like, you know, today, like I said this morning, today is uh, Sanctity of Life Day. And uh, we live in a day and age when, you know, I, I'm, I praise God. When I read that, that, that article and found out we have 14 states right now that are abortion free. I'll tell you, I got excited about that. Praise God. One of them is West Virginia. Come on, Ohio. Let's do, let's do something. Um, but, but, you know, it's based on the leadership is what it's based on. And, uh, and we've got to be, and not that we have a great leader in West Virginia by no means, but um, <laughs> there's a lot of work needs to be done there as well. But, uh, but at least um, uh, we're no longer in a state of abortion. They have to leave uh, the state to get an abortion. But, you know, you've got one right next door to it that they can come to and have that abortion if they want to murder their child. But uh, they're separated from God. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17 tells us, Love not the world. And that's not talking about 
loving God's creation. I mean, you know, there's no better place to live to me right now than in this world. If I'm going to be alive, I want to be alive on earth, you know, because God created it that way. He made it, he made it that we could have a nice place to dwell, a nice place to, to live. And it says, but it says not to love not the world. I believe that talks about the ways of the world. It's talking about the cultures of the world that are out there. Neither the things that are in the world talking about the, the, the don't fall in love with the material things of life because that's not the most important thing. He says, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. In other words, anything that comes between you and God becomes your idol. And so if, if it's your job, if it's your spouse, if it's your children, your grandchildren, anything that, come, that you love more than you love God, that becomes your God. And that's what God is trying to say here. Don't fall in love with the things of this world. Believe it or not, to some people, the, their church is an idol. It's become an idol to them because they, 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 come, they come to the church because, man, this is a great place to be. It's a, it's a wonderful church. But come here to worship God. That's what, it's, that's what this church was built for, folks, to, to worship God, to give Him glory and honor. He says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh. This is how you know the difference when he's talking about it. It's the lust of the flesh, uh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Uh, is not of the Father, but is of the world. When we fall in love with the things of this world, see, that's what happened to Eve back in the garden. She saw it. She had the lust of the, of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and then she took on the pride of life and saying that, that I, I'm going to take this and I'm going to eat it whether God says it's right or wrong. And, and that's the same to me as shaking your fist in the face of an almighty God and saying, you're not telling me what to do because if I eat this, I'm going to be just as wise as you are. I'm going to know the difference between right and wrong. And, uh, and, you know, it, it's, 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 it's sad that, that that happened, but it was all part of God's plan. It says, and the world passeth away. That's the important part. This is all going to pass away, folks. This isn't going to last forever. The things that are going on out there right now, even over in Israel and over in the Middle East uh, and all these foreign countries over there, that's not going to last forever. God's in control of all this. He knows what's happening, and it's going to come to a stop one day. And when it does, when it does, we're going to be raptured out of this world, and we're going to be walking in the sweet by and by. Um, but he goes on, he says, But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And what is the will of God? What is the will of God? Well, I can tell you what it's not. He's not willing that any man should perish, but that every man should come to the, to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we know that's, that's part of God's will, is that every soul should be saved. And people that go to hell, they choose to go there. But um, uh, walking according to the prince and the power of the air. <clears throat> Let's talk about that for a minute. Before salvation, it's not just the world. It's not just the world we walk according to before we get saved, but him, Paul says, who uh, Paul describes as this, Oops. the prince in the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Anytime there's disobedience, folks, I'm telling you where it starts, it comes from the devil. Disobedience is nothing more than satanic movement in the lives, whether it's a child or whatever it is. You know, when you have a child and they're growing up, you don't have to teach them how to do what's wrong. They already know that. That comes natural. That's a natural part of life because they're born with that sin nature. But thank God there's a thing called the age of accountability. I believe that with all my heart. And until that child is able to know the difference between right and wrong and they understand that to him that knoweth to do right and doeth it not, to him it is sin, when they realize that the things that they do are wrong, they're at the age where they can be saved. I believe that with all my heart. I was seven years old when I got saved. Uh, little Addie last week was eight years old when she got saved. She knew the difference between right and wrong. She did. I said, have you ever told a lie? He, she put her head down and said, yes. 
I said, well, you know, you can be forgiven of that. And she just put her head up and smiled and said, yeah. <laughs> she was excited. And I was excited, you know, to, to know that she, she, somebody already planted a seed in her. You know, it's not him that, 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 that giveth the seed or, or he that soweth the seed. You know, it's God that giveth the increase. It's Jesus Christ. That, that young lady got saved because she believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you, we need to encourage these kids when they get saved. But the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, that's the evil spirit that Paul's talking about there. That's the devil himself and those evil demons that came down with him when he got kicked out of heaven. They're down here, folks. They're down here. And, and you've, you've heard of the God, um, give me a second here, Moloch. The God Moloch back in the Old Testament. Uh, that, that's honestly, that, a lot of people consider that's when abortion started. Because they were taking their young children and offering him to them while they're still alive. Putting children in fire. In the belly of this God that they served. And, he, and, and, and there are those who believe that that God, that fake, that false God is in the world today. That's part of the demonic spirit that we fight. You know, we don't fight against uh, principalities. We fight against uh, the, the evil, the evil that's not, not, not of this world, but it's, it's, of a, it's a demonic world. It's the spirit world. And we can't see what's going on out there. And that's why we don't view it the way that we should view it. Because it's the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. And that's a sad thing. Um, but when we, uh, these who are walking according to the prince of the power of the air, this can be none other than Satan himself. It's Lucifer. It's the devil himself. And it's a daily battle, folks. It, it, it's, it begins at night when you fall asleep, and it's still there when you wake up in the morning. Because believe it or not, he can put the awfulest thoughts in your minds, even in your dreams. That's why sometimes at night before I go to sleep, I pray, Lord, Control my mind. Control my thoughts. Give me better dreams if they're going to be bad. Don't give me bad dreams. Don't let the devil speak to my mind while I'm even sleeping because he'll whisper in your ear, folks. He can't make me do anything. But, you know, we make choices. That's why God gave us choices. But he, and, and he can't be everywhere. The devil is not omnipresent. I'll tell you that right now. He cannot be here in this church and another church. But there can be an evil spirit in our church. It can be a spirit of disobedience in our church, and that's a, that's a sad thing when that happens. But this can be none other than Satan himself, the great adversary. The word Satan literally means adversary. He is our, ad, he is our enemy, and we've got to do everything in our powers as Christians to stand up against the evil that he stands for. That's why we went through the book of Jude there. You know, we've got to learn to contend for the faith, and that means to stand up as Christians and say no to sin. To say yes to righteousness, to say no to sin. He's the one who seeks to devour all that he possibly can. And 1 Peter 5.8 talks about that. <clears throat> um, trying to get caught up here. And it says, be sober. And that word sober to mean, means to be serious. Sometimes there's a lot of goofing off in, in, in the house of God in a lot of churches. Thank God that don't happen in this church. But, you know, a lot of that, that, that there's not a lot, enough men and women being sober, being, being serious about the work of God. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You know, I remember going to a church one time when I was a teenager where a lot of the older men in the church, they had this, they had this bad habit of going around hugging on the young girl.
girls. They put their arm around them. They hugged them. Uh, they wanted to, to just be with the young girls all the time, it seemed like. Well, that church and, and the pastor of that church ended up being the one that had an affair, and his son ended up being a child molester. And, uh, and that's a sad thing. That was an independent fundamental Baptist church a long time ago, and that's a sad thing. And a lot of people try, try, try to, you know, they, they try to, they, I don't know about, independent Baptist churches sometimes have a bad habit of brushing things under the rug. They try to hide it. But you know what? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can't hide sin. You can't hide from it. it, 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 it and the devil's going about devouring. He's trying to destroy every possible church that he possibly can. And we've got a responsibility as, as men and women in our church to set the example for the young people as they're coming up. And, and be serious once in a while and be sober. Be, be, be serious about the work of God, to be vigilant about it. And remember that we have an adversary, and that's the devil, and he's going to do everything in his power that he possibly can to destroy any church that is trying to do what's right. So I'm telling you right now, and I'll tell you every day if I have to, that no matter how hard, when we try to do what's right, the devil's going to be there. He's going to be there. Uh, maybe, maybe not himself. Like I said, he's not, he's not omnipresent. But that spirit of evil is going to try to destroy the goodness of God. And we've got to be careful with that. We've got to make sure that, what, what, that we're sober in the things that we do, that we're serious about God's work. And because our, we do have an adversary. Those in the world are under the influence uh, and, and they're captive to do, uh, do, do, to do his will, the will of the devil. They want to do what's wrong. They want to live up to the, to the wrong that's in this world. I'll tell you, one of the biggest enemies of the church is the Internet. It is. It's, it's a great tool, but it's also one of the biggest enemies of the church. Uh, as is the television. I remember back years ago, I remember uh, going to revival meetings when preachers would get up, and boy, they, they called it the boob tube, and boy, they preached against that boob tube, that, that thing that was going to destroy our nation. And you know what? They were right. They were right. They were 100% right. Uh, but in 2 Timothy 2.26, the Bible tells us, and that, they, and that they may recover themselves out of the snares of the devil. Who were taken captive by him at his will. Folks, we got to keep the devil away as much as we possibly can. We need to learn to be sober and vigilant about the work that God's given us to do. Focus on Jesus Christ. Make him your daily focus every single day. And when we do those things and we put Jesus first, we don't have to worry about that adversary. Because you know what? The, the, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to bind him up one day. He's going to throw the keys away when he casts him into the lake of fire for eternity. We won't have to worry about it no more. I'm looking forward to that day when I don't have to have an evil thought in my mind. Because even as a Christian, don't think for one minute that because you're saved that you're free of bad thoughts. Because it happens, folks. And I tell you, when the silliness starts to come and people aren't sober enough the way that they should be, especially when we're around these kids, it's okay to cut up and joke with them every now and then, as long as it's clean. As long as it's clean. But you keep your hands to yourself, folks. Keep your hands off the kids. You can't go around hugging these kids. My wife can attest to that. She had a situation where one of the guys, before we dated, or I'd have popped him in the nose, but he had a bad habit of touching my wife when he would babysit. She would go babysit him. She quit babysitting him. And her mom asked her one day, how come you quit babysitting there? And, and uh, this was after her dad died because if she'd have told her dad, her dad would have met the man. And, uh, you know, it, 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 to this day, if I'd run into the man, if he was still alive, I don't know if he is or not, but I, I'd, I'd hate to think what I would do to that man or say to that man because I still have a, a, a heart that... Uh, I still fight the flesh, folks. <laughs> we all do. We're going to fight him every single day. 
But, uh, but, but the, before we become saved, you know, we, this is the kind of lifestyle that we live. We walked according to the prince of the power of the air. The devil is the one that controlled us. We don't have to be controlled by him no more. And the only way to stay away from that is to build our faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's why we have churches. That's why God allowed us to have churches. That's why we have the word of God, that we can look into it ourselves. Uh, and that's what we need to do. Those still under his influence are called the children of disobedience. And I don't want to be compared to that as a Christian. I, I don't have to be a child of disobedience in no way because they serve him rather than obey God. And if there's one thing I would rather do is obey God rather than man. And that's why I, I, I told you guys this before and I'll tell you again. Uh, if this thing ever comes back around where they say you got to close the doors of your church uh, or be fined, well, I'm not paying no fines and I'm not closing the doors of our church, plain and simple. Because that's not the way God meant it to be. And, I, and it's all because of that evil COVID. I believe that COVID thing that, 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 that they started, uh, that the, the Chinese started and turned loose on us, I believe with all my heart that that was just the, the work of the devil trying to destroy God's work. And a lot of churches closed their doors and they never opened them back up. Never opened them. This church still feels the effect of it, if you think about it. How many people went here before that? I don't, I don't know. I wasn't here then. But, but I'll tell you this. It was probably better than, but it was probably it's probably it was probably better then than it is now as far as the amount of people that come to church, and that's a sad thing that people decided to stay away because of something that, you know, more people died of the flu than they died of COVID, and that's the truth. That's the truth. You look at the statistics. But those that are still under his influence are called sons of disobedience because they choose to serve, they choose to serve the devil rather than man. They're influenced by Satan walking according to the course of this world. And we can see why a person, uh, before their, converse, their conversion, uh, they're truly dead in their trespasses and sins because that's how they just choose to walk. And it's hard, to, it's hard to get people converted in today's world because they love the things of this world. They don't, real, they don't think about eternity. They just think about tomorrow. They don't think about eternity. Um, um, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and mind in Ephesians 2 verse 3. Look what it says. Among whom also we, walk, we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh. The lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That word children of wrath means that they're under the wrath of God. They're, under, they're living under the wrath of God, and they don't even realize it. And, and go back to Romans chapter 1. Everywhere in the book of Romans chapter 1 where it says, uh, and, and, and God gave them up. He gave them up. He gave them up. He gave them up to a reprobate mind. That word reprobate simply means that they do not know the difference between right and wrong. That's why in today's world we have men who are trying to become a woman. We have women trying to become men. Nobody seems to know what their gender is. And I believe that's all part of God's curse on America. Not just America, but our world. Because that's exactly what the world wants. And, I, and that's what the devil wants when people cannot even de decide whether they're male or female. I don't understand that for the life of me. I never had a problem de determining what I am or who I am. It just don't make, I, 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 my mind just doesn't turn that way. But uh, before his, conver you know, in verse 3 there, before his, his conversion, Paul, even a religious devout, even Paul as a religious devout person before he got saved, he walked according to the course of this world. 
even though he was a religious man. That's why he put that in there. He said, among whom also we, notice the word we, he put himself in that. We all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh. He himself had a problem with the lust of the flesh before he got saved, as all people do. But the sad part of it is, people who, are, who claim to be Christian have the same problem today. It's a big thing. They have the lust of the flesh. They don't, they, don't, they don't know how to live a life that is pleasing to God. They're trying to fulfill the desires of that flesh and of the mind. That's why they can't turn off that boob tube, that TV, whatever you want to call it. They can't get off the Internet. And, 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 and the things that they look at is a scary thing. I heard a statistic a long time ago that in the independent fundamental Baptist movement, they said that uh, I think it was like 90% of the ministers were hooked on porn. Hooked on porn. Because a lot of preachers seem to think at one point or another, well, I got to know what's going on in this world. And so I've got to go out there and look at this stuff. And then they get captivated by it. It's the wrong thing to do. It's the wrong. Avoid it as much as possible. A lot of Christian young men and young ladies today are hooked on that stuff. Because it's so prevalent and easy to get to. It's just a click of a button on the Internet. And they're there, folks. And our kids, our kids see it. And then when they're bringing these drag queens in, these, these, these LGBTQ, A, B, C, D, E, alphabet people, whatever you want to call them, when they, when they bring them into the school system and they try to let these people tell them that it's okay if you're a boy and you want to be a girl and vice versa, but yet we can't take the Word of God in. Brother Bob said we can't even take the Word of God into a nursing home anymore. What is... what? Why does it hurt to tell the truth? Why does it hurt? It should frustrate us. It should frustrate the tar out of us. It does me when I think about it. And, and brother, maybe we ought to call some of these nursing homes or go visit them and talk to some of the administration and say, listen, all we want to do is share the truth with them. They'll probably, next week they'll probably be bringing drag queens into the, the, the nursing homes. I wouldn't be a bit, a bit surprised about it. I don't see that happening because they don't care about the old folks. They want to destroy with the children. That's where they want to start it at. That's why they're bringing them into the kindergarten classes and, and so on and so forth. But it's a mess. And, you know, we, we need to have a burden for our kids. We really do. We've got to have a big burden for our children. We need to get them before they get into the hands. Well, we can't get them before they get in the hands of the world, but unless their parents come to church. You know, we've got a ton. We've got a ton of kids over here uh, on Wednesday nights and, and a lot of teens back here. And their parents don't go to church. They're from broken homes. Their, their, their parents aren't saved. Uh, and it's, it's a scary thing. But, you know, as described in Romans, um, they try to live a life that's gratifying to the flesh. Uh, and as described in Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 24, and I'm going to read that to you. It says, for we, not, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. This is Paul talking. He was carnal, sold under sin. For that which I, <laughs> this, 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 this is our life. I think there was a show, This Is Your Life at one time, a game show or something. But, but this is Paul, and this is our life today. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that, I, that do I. You ever notice sometimes you think things or you say things, and you say, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Because they're not what we want to do or what we want to say. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that, is, that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. And this is written after he was saved. 
after Paul got saved. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. It's hard to do what is right, folks. Whether you're saved or not, it's hard to do what's right sometimes. If your heart is not right with God, you're always going to choose the wrong way. Whether you're saved or not, you're going to choose what's wrong. But you've got to be saved before, you can, before the Holy Spirit can, can, uh, can cause you to do what is right. He says on in verse 19, he says, For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Anytime you try to do what's right, folks, the evil is going to be there. It's going to be knocking on your door and saying, hey, that ain't no fun. Do this. This is more fun. This feels better. It, it, it appeals to the flesh. It appeals to the flesh. It goes on in verse 22. It says, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. It's a constant battle in our brains, folks, and in our hearts and in our spirit. It's an everyday battle, and it's hard. It's hard to defeat that. You can't defeat it on your own. He said, in bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members, O wretched man that I am, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? There's only one. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who will deliver us from that, this body that, that, that's nothing more than death. Fulfill the desires of the, of the flesh and of the mind. And, and it's, you know, it, that's what happens, folks. That, that, that's, the, that's the desire of, of our hearts and our minds is to do what's wrong. And like I said earlier, you don't have to teach a child to do wrong. They start that when, they, when they're born. But, but thank, I mean, think about it. You just feed the child. You lay it down. You know it's got a clean diaper. You lay it down and you walk away and they begin to scream their full head off. It's kind of like, pick me up. We start to spoil them right then. And you know what? That's okay, ladies. It's okay to spoil those babies. My wife, there's nothing she loved better than when our grandbabies came to visit when they were like this tall. This, they were like this big uh, because they were premature. And um, they, they were just the sweetest little things. But I tell you, they can wrap you around their finger. They can, and they're born with that evil heart. As a matter of fact, I got a verse here uh, that I that I typed down on, that I put on a piece of paper because I wanted to share it with you. If you don't think that that's the way that it is, um, Psalms fifty-eight verse three says, "The wicked are estranged from the womb; they go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies." Think about that. They're liars from the beginning. They're not hungry. Their diaper's not dirty, but boy, they're letting you know, they, they want you to think that it is, but it's not. You know, they're liars from the beginning, you know, because they don't have a heart filled with Jesus. But thank God, thank God, at that point, they don't understand right from wrong. And that's called the age of accountability. Uh, and it says, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. We're all going to stand before God one day, folks. Uh, and we're not getting out of that. I'm going to go ahead and close right here. Uh, it's already after 7. Uh, but, you know, our condition before we were saved was all of this right here that we just read. Wherein in times past, and I love the way Paul did this when he started out in verse 1. He said, and, ye, and you hath he quickened. He brought us to life. He gave us a new life. Who were dead in trespasses and sin. We were dead to God, folks. We're no longer dead to God. And then he goes on because he wanted us to remember 
what it was like before Christ. What would life, where would you be right now if you had never been saved when you were saved? I have no idea where I'd be if I hadn't been saved when I was seven years old. God saved me when I was young because I probably would have been grown up being evil. Who knows? I might have been in prison by now. I don't know. Might have been on death row. I don't know. But that's why he said, and that's why he saved some younger than he does others, I believe. He knew my heart was probably more evil than somebody else who got saved older in life. You know, and I often wonder, you know, and, and when you're saved at, a, at an early age, uh, I think sometimes it's easy to, uh, the devil wants to whisper in your ear and say, were you really saved? We went through that one time, my wife and I did, and that's why when we went to the pastor of the church, he kept coming to our house visiting. We weren't going to church at the time, but he kept, we had this one guy every Saturday morning. Every Saturday morning. I mean, it, it, you could set your clock by him. Every Saturday morning, this man knock on our door. And he was just, he, he was, uh, I think it was part of their, their visitation ministry. But thank God he knocked on our door every, every Saturday morning. We were saved. We'd gotten away from God because of some things that had happened in our life. And we got a little bitterness in our heart. And, but you know what? Thank God for that man knocking on our door because he got my wife and I and our two little boys in church. Our boys got saved when they were young. They're not in, well, the one says he goes to church up there in, in, in Wisconsin. The other one I don't know about. I believe they're both saved, but um, I know how you feel. When you think of your kids and, and um, Brother Ron that comes uh, every now and then always asks prayer for his, his boy and his grandchildren not going to church. Folks, let's, we, we need to pray hard. We need to pray hard to keep our kids in church and our grandchildren because uh, we live in a day and age when the devil is, is he's on his last leg, like I said earlier, and he's going to do everything in his power to take as many souls as he can with him into the pits of hell because that's where he's going. Whether he likes it or not, that's where he's going to go. And we have a responsibility now to pray a hedge about our church and about our kids and about each other. Um, you know, please, please, please take time daily to, to spend time in prayer, praying for our church family. Like I told you before, I look around sometimes because I can't, I, I can remember more a lot, a lot more now than I did before. And uh, Sister Darlena gave me a list of all of our church family uh, that I, I take with me when I pray. And then I try to see those faces. Some of them I haven't seen because they're just, they're just not faithful members or they're shut-ins and I haven't seen some of them. And I want to get to the point once we get through this weather and stuff, I want to be able to, to, to go visit some of these people. And, and I think maybe we ought to even think about and pray about going to visit um, the families of our children who come to church here. And just sit down with them and let them understand that we love their children and we love them and we want to see them accept Jesus Christ into their life. Right there, to make him known. We want to do our best to make him known to the parents of these children. I mean, if we could get all those parents, <laughs> we'd have to knock the walls down and add more pews, folks. We would. I mean, there's that. we have that many kids in Master's Club and in the teens that we'd have to add more pews to our church. I mean, I think somebody told me one time this church had, what, 1,000 people come or 1,100 people come. There was not, not enough room in the church to sit them down. <laughs> Whew, I couldn't imagine that. Couldn't imagine that. But, you know, I'm happy with where we're at right now because we have such a sweet spirit, I believe. But that spirit's got to go beyond the doors of our church. We can't, let it, we, can't, we can't just coop it up inside the church. We want to take it out to the world and let them see that we have something that they need, that they have to have in order for them to have that eternal life that we've got in Jesus Christ. Well, let's pray. Father, we are so thankful, Lord, for your word and 
I pray, Lord, that, uh, that, it, that it would never, um, never, never accomplish nothing, but it would always accomplish something in our hearts and in our lives. Help us never to forget, Father, what we could have been before we were saved or how it was even before we got saved, what kind of person we were walking without Jesus. But, Father, now that we are walking with him, I pray, Lord, that that walk would shine, Father, as a light in the communities that we live in, that they would see, Father, the cars parked in our parking lot, even on a bad day, Father, when the weather isn't good. And when they drive by, they would look up here, and even if they think we're crazy for being here, Lord, help them to see that we're going to be dedicated, we're going to be loyal to what you've given us to do, Father. And help us, Father, and no matter where we're at or what we're doing, Father, to spread the gospel, whether in word Indeed, and somehow, some way, Father, reach someone this week with the gospel. Thank you for your word. Again, I pray, Father, that you would just speak to our hearts as we continue. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.